Just seeing it. Are you guys making some decisions? You guys cannot be part of this. <laughs> just hold on quickly. Okay, cool. So I can carry on. <laughs> oh man. So I want to just share a few <laughs> share a few things quickly and then and build on from last week. Um how cool was last week having um, Greenpoint with us and just yeah, like we like we're part of the bigger thing. Um, I just for those who are visiting tonight that weren't here, I, I was just been on a Brazil trip for three weeks, got back, God did an amazing things there. And just um the thing that really stood out to to me was that God used the individuals like like Mark Davis and myself kinda weren't really used that much. We were every night we were just facilitating and God was using the individuals so powerfully, these young people who were imperfect and us who were imperfect and God using that thing. And so um we're always trying to hear from the Lord. We're always trying to um ask him to teach us and to become more like him. And so last week if you were here there were some words that came through and um I was quite strong on one of them. Um, and in hindsight, I think that word was possibly for the congregation, but before it's possible for everyone else, it actually needs to be for you. <clears throat> and so just to remind you quickly, so we felt very strongly that God was wanting to love on those who felt lonely and felt unloved. And uh, it came, a word came out in the beginning of the worship time, and then we kind of brought it back just before we came uh, into the preach. And, uh, and quite a few people actually kind of, put up their hands going, hey, we're feeling lonely. We're feeling left out. We don't feel a part of. And so processing, there's a, this last week was horrifically amazing, fantastically scary, and awesome for us. And God has been pointing out a lot of things in us as a couple, as a lead couple, who lead this congregation, that, that word for love and connection, because love is connection. If you don't have a connection, you can't love. And remember, we're saying like God wants us to connect to him first so we can connect to each other. Actually, as much as that word was for us as a congregation, it was actually for Evan ourselves. And so somehow we've lost some connection. We've lost some something. Maybe it's the traveling. Maybe it's the pressure of the business of our lives. Maybe it's a whole bunch of stuff. And so tonight, I wanna, we, we, we're feeling like God wants to continue to to build on what he started last week. Love is everything. <laughs> love is everything. Without love, we are nothing. Without connection, we are nothing. The problem with leadership is, well, it's not a problem, but the seriousness about leadership is this. There's a saying that uh, um, Kim reminded me of yesterday when we were spending time together. He was saying, the fish always rots from the head down. And if you're desiring leadership and you're desiring to be a leader in the church, you need to realize there's a responsibility that comes with that. And unfortunately, we're we, we family, and we're humans, and we always make mistakes. And what we want to, I want to repent on behalf of Abby and myself this evening is something in us isn't working properly, which is a high possibility that that's breaking open into the eldership teams, into the deacon team, into the... Into the, um, the um, Come group leaders, and eventually it will filter down to the saints. And so we, I want to repent on behalf of us, saying, hey, we're missing something in our lives. And this week has been very exciting and scary at the same time because God is showing us blind spots that we are not seeing <laughs> and how that can be and is kind of filtering through the congregation. And I want to just say, before I say anything else, we, we humbly apologetic, and we want to ask you that if you are feeling lonely, if you are feeling not part of, it's probably because we're missing something. 
And so we, we, we've come to the Lord, we've come to each other, we're opening our lives to our friends and to our team, and we wanted to say we're really sorry and we're repenting of that. And we are going to commit to each other, well, we're really committed to each other and to you as a congregation, that we're going to work on these things so that our lives will be effective in your, for you and that we'll be, continually be healthy and continually finding the Lord and continually doing what he's called us to do, if that makes any sense. And so with that, uh, we are going to be going on a two-month uh, sabbatical. Um, it isn't just because of what I've said. <laughs> we were asked to go on a sabbatical in January already uh, when we met as elders, and I asked graciously if we could just get through, uh, just start, because we just came back from COVID, that we could spend a little bit of time with the congregation. We had the big worry post thing happening that we wanted to build into, and then I knew that we were going to Brazil, and I asked Kim and Andrew, please could you pause on our going away, because I didn't want to go away for like two months straight into Warrior Poet straight into a thing. I just it didn't feel like working. And so they've been very gracious to allow us to, to run to this point. And so from tomorrow, basically, from after tonight, uh, we're going to be away. or well, not away. We're going to be taking some time off. Uh, it will be a holiday, but it will be a working holiday in the sense of we're going to work on our marriage. We're going to work on, I'm going to try love Abby more, try Leader more. We're going to try to do some reading. We're going to be seeing um, some people like Elizabeth uh, East, Elizabeth and Andrew East. We're going, to, um, we're going to look at some of the blind spots that, that the guys are showing me that I have, and I'm going to try putting margins in my life. So one of the big things I don't do well is I'm an all or nothings kind of guy. You know me, like I'm all or nothing. <laughs> and it's my strength, and it's, my, it's becoming my weakness. And so Kim was like really like, I was sitting there yesterday, I was like, ah, it makes a lot of sense. He's going, dude, you just, all you need to do is put margins in your life. Margins to say no, margins to rest, margins to just pace so you can pace yourself and become a little bit more, uh, what's the word, um, consistent. And so we're going to take these two months to try to put those things into us. I'm going to try to get fit again. I realize I'm not fit physically anymore. I tried to do CrossFit at some point. I almost died of a heart attack. And so we're going to try to do fitness. We're, trying to, we're going to try work on our relationship. We're going to push into God. We're going to use it as a, as a, as a time that we can become stronger in the Lord, so that when we get back, what we break open over the congregation is not not a, a dangerous thing for people, but a life-giving thing for people. Does that make sense? And so that's the heart of why we're going to be away. So please, don't freak out. God is doing amazing things here. Our eldership team is amazing. Our congregate leaders are amazing. Our deacons are amazing, and we're working on them and trying to bring them into what God is. And, and, and so um, Mark Davies will be coming in to the congregation to steward and to walk with the team and to make sure that things carry on and grow and people are continually being saved and added to us. When Mike can't be here, Kim will be coming in just to, to shepherd. and to. So we're leaving you guys in, in, in good hands. Um, Adam and Vanessa have just come back onto team, but just a, a clarification of their role within the congregation, maybe it will help is we've brought them on to, into an eldership team to oversee our media of, over Josh Jen, not necessarily to be an elder and wife on the ground. And so the freedom that we're giving is, your first priority is what you're doing already when it comes to the media and videos and all of that kind of stuff. And if he has, and if they have capacity over and above that to reach to people, to preach and to teach and to act on their strengths and weaknesses. Does that make any sense? So, so... Please be aware of that. <laughs> and I don't know if that has been communicated like that. So they are part of us. They're elders with us. 
And, but on my team and on our team, we are happy with them just to give us perspective. And whenever they can have grace above that, then they will put up their hand going, hey, we can do this or we can do that. Or does it make sense? So I just wanted to set that foundation. So having said that, um, and, and building on from last uh, week, we were feeling as an eldership team, as we were discussing on Monday, that God um, wants to remind us of this, that he knows you by name. And that love thing is a connection thing. And, and some guys did come forward last week and go, hey, man, I'm very lonely. And, and well, I'm not feeling loved. And I want to be connected. And that's what we were saying. <laughs> and that's what I want for our relationship. That's what, I, that's what God wants for all of us. But you need to realize something about God. He is gigantic, massive, awesome, glorious, the creator God. He has created everything. We can't fathom him in our minds fully. We lose words to describe his greatness and his glory and his magnificence. Yet, he loves the individual. Yet, he knows us all by name. It's crazy. It's like crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, sorry, can I ask you to Google something for me quickly? Can you Google uh, uh, um, current world population? It'll bring you up a website called world something other, and you'll see a countdown clock thingy on there. If you can put that on, on, on the screen... While I start this, that'll be amazing. Um, So I want to encourage us. (laughs) This is how God sees us. Um, He's big, but he loves the individual. We can't fathom him in some ways, yet the Bible says he wants to be our friend. He wants to be, so if if you can click that, check this. This is crazy. So, uh, So let this just run. So today already, there's been 265,000 birthdays, births. It's insane. It's like there have been 111,400 and Check out the population's growing. Population growth. 153,000 people. That, so we're going to leave that on. So if you can leave that on, us, and then we'll swap between uh, the scriptures and that, and we'll just leave it on. Let's just see. It's crazy how many, how many people are in this world right now, and how many are we growing, and how many are we losing at the same time. <laughs> and then David says this in Psalm 139, verses 13 to 14. Um, and can we toggle between the two? Is that possible? There we go. Yes, you guys are awesome. <laughs> hey, hey, just be nice, be nice. Wow. says this. So this is David writing. This is the psalm. He's realizing something about the greatness of God. He's realizing something about the personality of God, that God is a personal God as well. And he's saying this, you have formed me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You're this God that's so massive, the God that's adjusting to that clock every moment. He knows everything, every person, every soul, every... He's adjusting all the time. We're seeing so many people birth, so many people dying, and he's on it. He knows. Before the foundation of the earth, he knows. That's a, a magnificent God. And he says, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And this thing about love and connection and, and not feeling wanting to be left out and be part of the family is, God, I know that I've been created for something greater. I know that you're big. I know that you're magnificent. I know that you're glorious. And I'm almost like afraid of you. But then you say, I can be your friend. And I can, you can be my father. And we, and we sons and we daughters. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I, wanna know, I, wanna, I want you to realize tonight is you are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
And God knows you by name. You're not a mistake. I'm not a mistake. Abby's not a mistake. We make mistakes, but we're not mistakes. Does it make sense? Thank you. If Steve is saying it's good, then we know it's And then I want to just highlight something too. There's one name that God goes by that I've never seen a fridge magnet made for. I've never seen it on a t-shirt. I've never seen it on a cup. It's weird. One of God's names from, um, can you throw up um, Exodus 34, verses 13 and 14. This is a crazy name, and I I want us to be reminded of this. You shall tear down the altars and break their pillars and cut down their ashen. So basically what's happening here is God's saying, hey, God, you, you, you're living in a land of heathens. You're living in a land of people that are worshiping idols. They're not worshiping me. They're not worshiping the one that's knit you together before the foundation of the earth. You, there's false gods happening here. Can you go to the next verse 14? For, the, for you shall worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. I've never seen a fridge bag. God's name is Jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's always um, uh, El Shaddai or Jireh, my provider. Or we never, we never, we don't think of God as uh, my name is jealous. And he's saying, he's saying to the people of Israel, guys, you're living in a land where there's idols. You're living in a land where people are worshiping stone and wood and stuff and things and people. But he's saying, don't do that, because I've knit you before the foundation of the earth together. Because I know. Because I've put you here and I know you by name, I'm jealous for you. I'm a jealous God. My name is actually jealous. I don't want to share you with anybody. That's crazy to think. Hey? It's like, wow, this great God who we feel in so insignificant with sometimes. He's like, Dean, I know you. I know your name. I was there before. From the nation of the earth, I knew that you're going to be here now. Yo, I'm jealous for you, Dean. So when you sin, it hurts me because I'm jealous for you. When you make wrong decisions and don't represent me well, I'm jealous for you. That takes a whole different... And you know, Oprah Winfrey heard a preach uh, on this Exodus 34 once a few years ago. And it wobbled her. And she went into this whole new agey thing that she went on. I was listening to, and she said, I cannot worship a God who's jealous. But she missed it. God isn't a jealous God God in that sense. He's jealous for her. (laughs) He's jealous for salvation. She missed the whole meaning of that thing. And that threw her into this whole Oprah Winfrey church thing that she's doing. And she took a scripture that was really good and really should be uplifting and actually turned it to, well, the devil turned it to something that was not at all. Another thing just to throw in the greatness of God, Isaiah 40, verses 26. It says this, Lift you up your eyes and look to the heavens. It's so beautiful. Who created these? It's a question mark. He who brings out the hosts by number, calling them by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, and, and not one is missing. So let me put some context in here. Um, and this is the scripture where um, I took out of my, this is right at the end, it's, and you'll be sworn to eagle's wings, and the, the, the weary will not grow faint. So I've been thinking about Isaiah 40 for a long time. I even got tattooed on my arm because it means so much to me. But think about this. So he's going, look at the heavens, look at all the stars, and I think we can only see um, a very minimal amount of stars. Um, there's an estimated 
10 billion trillion stars in the galaxy. That's an estimation. They're saying we can probably only see 5,000 stars-ish with our naked eye. Out of the stars that we see with our naked eye, they are all bigger and brighter than the sun. It's crazy to think that. It's like 10 billion trillion stars. We can only probably see about 5,000 with our naked eye. The ones we can see are bigger and brighter than our sun. That's how far away they are. Yet that scripture says, I've put them up there and I call all of those 10 trillion billion stars by name and I've put them there and I hold them there. Whew. That's the God we serve. So when he says he knows you by name, he knows us by name. It's really cool. And then, then the funny thing, just a funny, funny, um, funny thing. Um, Matthew, uh, Matthew 10, verses 29 to 31. Yes, you're on it tonight. It says this. For oh, uh, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and are not one of them, uh, and not one of them will fail, fall to the ground apart from your father. And then the, verse 30. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. So, you know what they say? God created some heads perfect. The rest are covered with hair. <laughs> I thought that was funnier than, than, than it came out because I got to defend my hair. Th- thank you, thank you, thank you. No offense to those people that have hair. Sorry for you, but uh, perfect head. Thank you very much, Steve. God is creating a perfect head in you, my friend. <laughs> so think about that. So he, he put the stars in his 10, 100 billion gazillion stars and he's named them by na- the name and he knows them by... And he upholds them. He's knit us before the foundation of our womb. He even knows the number of hairs on our heads. And that's changing all the time as well because we have 100,000 hairs approximately. We lose 50 to 100 hairs a day. Well, not me, but you guys. I've already lost the one. Maybe my, maybe my beard. Yet God knows all the hairs on your head. It just, it just shows something of his gloriousness, his magnificence, and his wonder. And so I want to I um, close with two more scriptures, then I'll, I'll end, and we can just worship and pray for each other. And So Acts 17, 26. Is this, As he knows you by name, this is, you need to believe this about yourself. And he made from one man every nation every, uh, of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their allotted periods and their boundaries and their dwelling place. And so as much as he knows you by name, as much as he's knit you together for, before the foundation of the earth, as much as he's so magnificent and big and glorious, yet he loves the individual, you need to understand something. You are not here tonight because it was a good idea. You are not here tonight because there's nothing else on television or Formula One is only next week. You are not here tonight because or of any other reason but because of the sovereignty of God. You're not living in 2022 because it was by chance. And we need to, we need to reclaim this. We, weren't, we did not come from apes. <laughs> we, we came from the earth. We came from dust as God formed us by the power of his word. As he created everything, he created mankind 
men and women. And he breathed in us his breath to separate us from every other animal on the planet because he desired to have fellowship and to talk and to walk with mankind. And so you're here tonight because God wants you to be here tonight. And you might think, be thinking, I'm here because someone invited me, or I'm here because I am bored, or I am lonely, or that. and all those things God can use to get you here. But you're here because you have a lot of time by God for Him to do His work in you. <laughs> and our responsibility in this is this, that we need to respond to Him. And I, remind, I want to remind us of John 3.16 as I close. And because I think at the end of the day, it all starts with salvation. It all starts with continual recommitment to Him on a daily basis. It's called dying to live. Well, that's what we call it in church. To live for Him, to, to know that we've been called by name, to know that God loves us and He's set us in this moment for this time because of His sovereignty and His greatness and His glory. For us to have purpose in this world that we live in where the world is saying there's no absolute truth, there's no purpose, you don't have to reclaim true Christianity and godliness is to understand that God is in control and he's calling us. And it comes through salvation. It comes through Jesus Christ. And the context of John 3:16 and 18 is you must be born again. One of the teachers of the law comes to Jesus, and his name's Nicodemus, and you only see him twice in the Gospels. The first time he comes by night to Jesus, and he says, hey, I don't understand what's going on here. And Jesus said, but you're a teacher of the law. You should know stuff. And he's like, but I don't understand. And, and Jesus says to him in verse 3 of John 3.16, he says, you have to be born again. You must be born again. He goes, I don't understand what being born again means. How can I go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus said, no, no, no. It's not a physical reborn. It's a spiritual reborn, a spiritual renewing, a spiritual shift from once you're dead to Christ, but now you're alive in him. And Jesus has this conversation. It's beautiful. The, the other time we see Nicodemus rock up in the scriptures again is he's one of two that go to Pilate and say, please can we have Jesus' body off the cross? And so we don't, need, we don't read of anything else in, in many, but there's something of a significant change. He comes at night. And he says, help me understand. I think he was born again, actually. And then he comes in the daytime. When no one else wanted to and say, hey, can, please, can we have Jesus' body? There's something of a transformation that has happened, I think, in his life. And so I want to read us the scripture again as I close, and then we'll call up the worship team. It says, so verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, that, only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish and have eternal life. But then we often stop there. Look what 17 says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. And for those here, I don't know everyone here, some of us here might not have got to that place in your life. Were you going, Jesus, I've heard you're a good teacher. I maybe go to church two or three times a year, maybe on Easter because it's a big deal, it's a holiday, or maybe Christmas because I kind of feel guilty. <laughs> or maybe I've come here because I, 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 I don't know why I'm here. I'm telling you here because God wants you to be here, because he wants you to connect, because he wants you to fall in love with you, because he knows you by name. And he's, he hasn't come to condemn, 
He's come to save. He's come to redeem. He's come to call you by name. <laughs> James, call you by name. Victor, call you by name. Glenn, call you by name. And he'll go around, and I don't even know all of your names, but he knows your name. It's a cool, it's a cool God we serve. And so to surrender to that, maybe for the first time tonight, God, you're an amazing God. You're massive. You're gigantic. You call all the name, all the stars by name, yet you know me. That's a God I serve. <laughs> That's the love of God, that he sent his only son to come and die and stand and take our, our sin upon himself, to take our grief upon himself, to take our condemna- the condemnation that we should be experiencing upon himself so that we could be free, free to be saved, to not be condemned anymore. Is a beautiful picture. And so I want to just close in prayer. And I want to ask, like, to open your heart to the Lord. And as we go into time of worship, we're going to be singing, we're going to be worshiping. Reflect on Him. Maybe you're going, Brad, I, I know what you're saying is true, but I, I can't see, because there's brokenness in me, there's insecurities in me. I can't see that. Ask the Lord to do something supernaturally in your heart tonight. And as we worship, I've asked um, some of the leaders um, just to ask God for prophetic pictures. We want to call things out of you tonight. We want to encourage you that God has your name. And, and uh, so I'm feeling a few things, um, and I'm hoping that some of the other guys do. And we're going to just pause somewhere in the worship time, just when we feel right in the Lord. Just going, we want to, God wants to hide out a few people here tonight. And uh, do you have a now, or do you want to share in the worship? Come now, come now. And then we'll we'll pray. Amazing. So yeah, if you guys can come up some. Luz, I know you don't want to share, but you're amazing. Come here. You can stand up and well done. Um just just with just with um Brett men speaking about being called by name. I had deliverance last year from um rejection and self hate. Uh, I wasn't aware that I hated myself, but I did. And um, I, the, I think the demons, I couldn't speak. And just what the Lord kept reminding me as, as I was being delivered was just that he's called me by name. And also um, his banner over me is love. And just those two things were, yeah, that was amazing. So what was the episode? So I don't know if, if you guys know Luce, I mean, for her to step up here, was, it was uncomfortable for her. She's sharing it, not because she wants to tell you about her life, but she wants to encourage you that, that God is calling you in exactly the same way. So we've seen, we've seen her step into freedom because God has called her by name, and she's appropriating that. She's, she's understanding that. In the same way, guys, I want to encourage you. The, the, the very person who's maybe even now thinking, oh, yeah, that's for you, and actually my heart's broken a little bit, because one of our good friends is not here tonight. So um, I don't know, we mustn't look around and say, oh, this is for so-and-so, because it's for all of us. But there's an opportunity for each and every, each of us, whenever we come to church on a Sunday, for God to do something in our lives. And I, I reckon there's something in here for me. So I'm going to prayerfully consider, I'm going to go down on my knees and say, Lord, speak to me. And those areas that are broken, maybe it's rooted in not understanding who I am in you. So for those of us who think we have it together under that illusion, for those of us who, who are genuinely struggling, um, let's trust that God's going to break something in us 
and refashion us so that we look more like him at the end of, end of this thing. And I, I don't know how he does it, but he does. So, yeah. And even just, I'm hoping, like, even us repenting over you will break open some of God's life. And when we get back after two months, it's the love will be out the door, spilling out into the, that they'll, everyone will feel part of. And love. So can I ask you this too? Um, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior tonight, in other words, if you've never got to the place where you've surrendered, you've said, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. I want to give my life to you. I know you're calling me by name, but I want to say I'm yours. I want to surrender. Could I ask you? I don't want to make it too easy tonight. I, I want to, there's something about stepping into, like there's something about taking, if, you, if you've never done that and you want to, I would desperately want to pray with you. And so in the worship time, please come, you're welcome to come to me. Say, hey,